Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Light the Fight. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And we are back, the semi-dynamic duo. I don't know, just realistic expectations, that's all. There you go. <laughs> I don't want to say the dynamic duo because that might be causing us to lead in with some high expectations where let's just lower the expectations and hopefully we outkick the coverage. Well, so, I think that that's the secret to success, just lowering your expectations. <laughs> there, or at least having realistic ones. There you go. All right. So thanks for uh, joining us today. And um, got Heidi back in the studio. Whoop, whoop. It's good to be back. Good to be back. She wasn't gone that long. I'm just saying that, you know, she's back with us today. So we're excited to have her back. But she had some good quality time with family, as we mentioned last week. So how was that seeing your son after two years? That's kind of a big deal. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was just so good. It was just, it, and it has been, um, he's been home about only about a week and a half. And um, it's just really amazing. And, and just fundamentally, like, it's amazing to watch your kids grow. And usually when you look at your kids, you don't get to kind of, you, you get to see that every day. You get to see that evolution every day. And it's kind of like, I think a lot of people, it's, could agree that it's like one step forward, two steps back, three three steps sideways, you know, what whatever. And so it's really, it was really interesting at, at a pivotal time from the age 18 to the age 20, it changed a lot. And yeah. yet then at the same time, he's very himself and it's, it's a, just great to be back. We're kind of still in that. We really missed each other and it's really fun to be back. That's cool because... When you're just talking right there, I thought about it. I'm like, how many times in life does a parent, specifically a mother, go two whole years without seeing their child? That's not a very common occurrence. No. Specifically at a time, like you said, a very pivotal time in his life. It wasn't like, if you didn't see him from 38 to 40, eh, not, <laughs> probably not as much change, you know? Right. At least definitely not as noticeable on the surface. But from 18 to 20, it's like, wow, I mean, that's that's a huge step in the direction towards adulthood. And plus he was out learning. I mean, he, he knows a second language. Yeah. He has crazy life experiences in different countries and meeting people. And I meant crazy good, obviously <laughs> not crazy yeah. bad. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, that, I just kind of put myself in your shoes for saying like, man, that'd be a trip. Like to not see your kid for two years. Cause you see someone else's kid every couple months, like, Oh, how much they've grown. It's noticeable. So it's right. kind of like that on steroids for you. Well, and the, the, I think the thing that took him by surprise the most is that when he left and so Connor just turned 11 and so minus two years, Connor, Connor was nine when he left, but in Colton's eyes, Connor was like three. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that threw Colton off, Colton's the one that just came home, um, was that Connor knew the Wi-Fi password. And he was like, 
holy cow, this kid knows the wife. He's a preteen. <laughs> this kid, no, you know, and Colton just kept on looking at him. Um, it it doesn't help that Connor looks a lot like Corey and acts a lot like Corey. It's true. And um, I, out of the corner of my eye or when I catch a glimpse, um, I see a lot of Corey there. And uh, and for Colton, it, it was kind of a, like, like he's, he's tall and he's. Yeah. Um, so anyway. It was it was just great, and he and he's I can see him creating new relationships with with us as a family. You, you know, like there's, you have to you got to you got to pick up where you left off. But there's a lot of newness, and it's wonderful. Well, I'm especially happy for him to be back because it gives me a reason to go to sushi. Yeah. He so <laughs> right before he left, he and I went and took a picture out in front of my favorite sushi restaurant, and. Plan was when he gets back, we'll take another picture two years later, and hopefully he looks more mature, and I don't look too much older. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so well, glad uh, glad to have that that family moment for you guys, and that's why I'm I'm glad that you're just able to spend some quality time with your family right now. So well, but, and you know what, I wasn't here for it was DM number nineteen and DM number twenty that you recorded, and um. I spent some time listening to them, kind of, I usually try to re-listen to what we talk about, which isn't my favorite thing. I don't love, I mean, I don't love to listen to my voice. I don't, I don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, Heidi, why'd you say that? Um, I really appreciated, in particular, I mean, both, both those topics, um, I really appreciated, particularly number 20, which was kind of like, how do you redeem yourself? after maybe years and yeah years and um you said something in that you said that there is a burden that comes with being a trusted the trusted parent a trusted parent which means that your kid might not always be nice to you might not um always show respect might you know might lose his temper his her temper um and i really liked what you said if they're going to unload on you and tell you their feelings, that's a win. You have, you have achieved what you were trying to do in being somebody. And you know what, David, I guess that, that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like there is some baggage <laughs> once you gain this relationship with your kids that you're no longer in the dark because there's, there's that anxiety of being in the dark. And then there's the anxiety of actually knowing. But I will say that I think knowing is sometimes in, t in terms of being a parent. Yeah. I think that it's better to know. And um, so for, for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to DM number 20, um, wherever you are in your listening or, you know, some people skip around, whatever. Um, listen to that. I thought that was really great information. A key aspect of an individual's development, personal progression, and, and personality development, specifically in the later teens, early adulthood, where that's the, that's the phase of life where you're trying to figure out who you really are, what could you possibly bring to the world, to other people. Um, 
a big part of that final step is being able to feel that you're in an environment that can handle all the different various emotions and thoughts and feelings that you may be having and that you can share those things. And so from childhood all the way growing up to even, you know, older teens and young adults, it's very important that they have at least one parent that they feel safe enough that they can say whatever it is, no matter how ridiculous or hurtful or painful they may be feeling, that they could say these things knowing that what they're saying is part of their healing, development, growth. Just speaking something out loud, sometimes it didn't sound the same way inside of her head as it does out loud. And so it can give you an opportunity to correct yourself if it's safe. And so the safe parent provides the the atmosphere of like, hey, you can have a bad day. You can be grumpy and irritable with me. I can have a bad day, be grumpy and irritable with you. But our relationship is forged in trust that whatever you're going through, you're just going to keep on going through it. And I'm just going to be the one helping you through it. Problem is, is that it can be ugly sometimes with foul language with the teenager. <laughs> it may not always seem like, oh, I'm crying. And apparently David on Light Fight says this is a good thing. So I'm supposed to thank you because you insulted me. I'm not saying thank your kids when they say hurtful, meanful things. I'm saying thank them for telling you that they feel safe enough to say those things and then simply guide and direct them. Could you possibly use less F-bombs next time? Because it's easier for me to hear it. So, Well, yeah, check I, I out. think it's just a great perspective shift. Yeah, yeah I agree. On, on a tough situation and something yeah. that we need to know about as a parent. Anyway, so very cool. Great job. Well, See, you're you. just, it. you don't even need me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, for entertainment, yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, because you just said, like, you say funny things. No, of, of course we need you. But some of those DMs, I, I, I feel more comfortable answering just those questions. I feel more comfortable when it's you answering, frankly. <laughs> I was going to say, that wouldn't sound really bad if I just said that and put a period on it. I feel comfortable without you. No, I feel more comfortable just answering questions in those short episodes without you here then the bigger episodes, I, I, I need your feedback. Like the, you're a very intricate part of that. The questions, I can just answer question, move on. Huh. Um, so I, yeah, I like doing those better. When and I did here. like, I mean, both those DMs were pretty short to the point. Yeah, it's like boom, boom, minutes. boom. And they're it specific was good. to certain yeah. people. You know, the other DM was about, you know, if you're a teenager, it becomes violent. Not everybody's going to need to listen to that one. But actually, I think that we do. Because sometimes I, like stuff happens and... It's vital information. I don't. I don't care who you are, and maybe you won't have to deal with that violence in your Hope family. Hope not. Hope right? not. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I, I find a lot of things when I listen to some of our podcasts. A lot of things that I say um, are pretty simple, basic statements that you didn't need to hear it from me. But maybe hearing it from me just kind of put like a highlighter on it. Like someone put like a yellow highlighter pen over that and it sticks out enough where it makes you think, okay, let me put this on the to-do list right away. Right. Yeah. Well, since I am back, I have kind of brought a topic that I want to talk about. And it's, and it's interesting because it- And just so you guys know, I had two things I want to talk about. And guess what? We're not talking about either of those. We're talking about <laughs> Heidi wants to talk about. Uh, well, that's just how we, we had an agreement before we started this. Heidi, you get the inspiration and I'll just add some stupid facts <laughs> and details and some tricks. And I'll then... give you your chance. <laughs> I'll give you your chance. Um, so before we go on any further, though, I do want to make a mention of our community sponsor. Yeah. Who's, who's this episode being brought to you by? This episode, 
this regular episode of Light the Fight is powered, I like that word, it's powered by <laughs> um, our community sponsor, which is 1-800-CONTACTS. And um, it's very cool. Like our last episode, we really kind of talked about why we are aligned. You've, you've probably heard that. Um, but it's really amazing um, to be able to work with a company like 1-800-CONTACTS. And uh, so we'll just let that out there. You know, if you need them, call them basically. And uh, we appreciate them. Their number is, <laughs> that was the worst joke I've told all week. And I've told some pretty bad jokes this week. Um, no, anyway. I completely sign off on what I just said. We're 1-800 is where it's at. That's where you should get your contacts at because you're supporting an organization that supports the community as well as supports the community within their own organization. Yeah, So cool. we're super excited. And also we're excited about the community partnership because we're going to be doing some community speaking events and some interactive parent things um, with 1-800. So look forward to hearing, you look forward to, not you look forward, but pay attention. We'll be giving you more information about that in the future. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. <laughs> so apparently I can't say the word look it's forward right. and put it in a sentence and make it make sense. It's so all right. It's all right. I digress. Anyways, let's go ahead. <laughs> okay. So interesting situation this week. Um, was that I received a message from somebody that I know, and I know her because of our interaction. And in the last few years, um, I have crossed paths with her a few times, and um, she sent me a really nice message, just kind of acknowledging, thanking me for speaking out, thanking me for through the podcast and through my message and my story supporting her and and basically just being a safe person and and somebody that cares and um and I and I was like you know what that that really made my day thank you and then I kept thinking about it and um one of the things that she said in her message was that the things that she's learned from David and from our podcast, have empowered her and taught her things that she's been able to turn around and help people in her lives, whether it's her peers, her family members, whatever. And the, the one thing that she said in the message was, I love to watch the light come back in my friends or in, in these people that she associates with as she kind of helps them through their struggles. And I kind of, I went to bed thinking about that. And it, first of all, it just gave me such a, a great feeling and a reassuring feeling. And it was out of the blue and unexpected. And I really appreciated it. And I woke up the next morning and I sent her a text and said, you know, would you be willing to tell me what those kind of pivotal things that you feel like you've gained would you be willing to share that with me anonymously so that I could share that on the podcast? Like, what are the things that you feel like you've gained that you've been able to turn around and teach people and have them respond to? Because she's a young adult. She's somebody that um, is in a different place than I am. And so it's just really um, intrigued. And of course, um, 
a lot of this is information still that she like she's I connect with her on the level that she's been um, someone that has come to you and been taught by you personally and individually like I have. And um, so I just kind of wanted to know what her what her takeaways were. And uh, so it was interesting. The, the first thing that she said, and I totally understand this and connect to this, is she said, first off, it, it, it's just good to talk. And that's something that she's been able to say to people. You know what? If you need to talk, I'm here. And sometimes it's just good to talk. And what I say to people, this is, is I repeat what David says, get the poison out of the building. That's something that you've said to me and it just... Call the hazmat team, get the suits <laughs> on, get the poison out of the building. Whatever it is that's that's inside of you that's creating the sickness, just start talking about it. And I, I love that. That's such a visual term for me. And, and, um, and I repeat that all the time as well. Um, the second thing that she brought up is something that I've heard you talk about, but you've never actually talked or taught me specifically. Um, so I, and I think that I've heard you talk about it multiple times, but, and I kind of get it a little bit, but this is why I'm bringing this all up is because this had such a tremendous impact on her as a teenager. Um, and she has turned around and taught this to many people that she knows. And she told me that you call it, um, face it, replace it, take action. And, um, and I was like, oh, and she sent me a screenshot of her notes that she took on her phone when she must've been in a counseling session with you. Yep. And quite honestly, they didn't make a lot of a sense to me. So they were definitely her message well, to and herself. And you weren't privy to the conversation. Right. So if you heard what it, cause what she, what she had written down was just like shorthand to, to spark to the her. memory, to bring her back to our conversation. So that's why I kind of thought, you know, I would love to have you in your way teach this, this tool. Um, because I was intrigued and uh, obviously it had a lot of value for her. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, when you said that right before we started that you wanted to, talk about this and that she'd given you permission and, um, to be an honest about this and share this. Um, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, it's something we haven't talked about here, but it's one of the core fundamental things that, that I learned throughout my counseling career that I use quite often. So a couple things I want to say first before I talk about that. Um, one is that, um, if you notice, if you've been listening to our podcast, that there's a little disclaimer in the beginning of the podcast that states that, even though I'm a licensed mental health professional, I'm not acting in that particular fashion here. And so this is not professional counseling advice. Well, the same thing goes with confidentiality. Whenever I'm talking about a former client of mine or a current client of mine, just like we're about to right now, um, let me reassure all of you listeners, I'm a liar, okay? Let me tell you something like that. <laughs> if you don't think I'm full of crap, then you don't, you haven't been paying close attention to <laughs> That's partly true. Here's what I'm saying. To protect the innocent, my, the, to protect <laughs> the actual privacy of the person who is coming to see me, who is doing these things, I always change very important details that there's no way you could sniff out who this person is. So if you've ever been counseled by me and you're like, 
that sounds like it was my situation, but it wasn't because that was totally different. It may be you, it may not be you, but you would never know because I have to change some of these details because I can't go around asking everyone, hey, today I might randomly want to talk about your scenario. So I have to get permission and confidentiality. That is required if I was going to speak very directly to that statement. But because it's a podcast, because these are suggestions and ideas, I'm a storyteller. So to, to protect certain people and their privacy information, just want to let everybody know out there that I'm changing enough of the details so that you don't know who that person is. And a big part of that, not just out of the legality aspect of it, but a big part of that, this is Small Lake City. <laughs> everybody right. knows someone who knows someone. And if you don't know if you know someone, just click on your social media and it'll show if you follow them or someone else follows them. So it's very important that I want everyone to know that I'm not just careless I'm a pro licensed professional. My license is on the line, even though I'm not acting underneath my license. I don't want to do je anything jeopardizing me being able to help people going through our time. So last little thing I want to say to that is this thing, the face, the replace and take action, what we're about to talk about. I don't remember if I've ever said this about anything else before. I did not make this one up. I've come up with a lot of things throughout the years or things that I've kind of just made my own and kind of tweaked it or whatever, like I think most professionals do, or when you're some sort of artist, you kind of make something your own. But this one, um, I got to give complete credit to um, my mentor, which is Dr. Burnell Christensen. When I first came here to Utah, he took me underneath uh, his wing and uh, you know gave me an opportunity to be who I am now. And, and also gave me the good, if you ever had a good mentor, they're more like a Sherpa for you on your journey. They're more experienced. They've walked the path plenty of times, but they're not going to tell you, oh, watch out for that rock. And you just got to have your own experience. So he was really great at that. And this is one specific thing. When he first taught me this, it really resonated with me. And then as I started to share it with young people, with older people, people of all ages, it really fell in direct correlation with everything I learned about the human psyche. And it really, obviously, we're counseling psychologists. It comes from that place and from that knowledge. But what face and replace is, it's a way to capture. Now, if you're a therapist out there listening to this, you may be like, oh, well, that's a cognitive behavioral technique. That's a, you know, uh, a mindfulness technique. They all borrow from each other. It's a little bit of everything, but it's just something that this gentleman came up with that I like a lot. So let me give you a little background of the human psyche in a very rough, raw, easy to digest version. The things, the thoughts that you entertain in your mind determine your mood and your attitude. Your mood and your attitude will then determine your actions and your reactions at that particular time. So what we find out is that it's really important to make sure that you have some sort of like a metal detector in your brain for what thoughts are going in your brain, what thoughts you're entertaining, and all too often, we start entertaining thoughts that do not allow us to be present in our situation and can create a lot of fear, worry, concern, this, all the bad possible things that could create a bad mood and create you to react harshly to something. So how face, replace, and take action? It's a basic three linear step process where the facing part of it is simply acknowledging what it is that you're struggling with at that moment. I've said this before on the podcast, but it, it, it's, it's worth repeating because it's relevant to this. Your feelings, your thoughts, so your thoughts and feelings are real. No matter how ludicrous or absurd they are, it actually happened as a real thought and feeling. And 
Not necessarily always reality. Not necessarily the big picture. The one example I always use is, I am a horrible mother because I didn't do this for my kids. And you may not get your kids taken away from you because it wasn't that bad. It was just you feel horrible, which is real. And in reality, by the letter of the law, it's not an abusive, neglective thing. It's just a guilt. You feel ashamed for what you did. Okay? So facing it is a simple process of acknowledging what exactly it is that you're thinking and feeling and what place it's taking you. So I'm gonna do a makeup scenario um, for, this is not a real case study or anything like that, a makeup scenario for a teenager, let's say you know a teenage girl in this particular situation. A teenage girl is struggling with thoughts that she's having that she is completely worthless because she failed a class, she failed multiple tests, she's struggling in her academics. So her feelings and her thoughts that I'm failing, I'm screwing up. No matter what I say, I can't change the grade. I can't be like, oh, that's just a one-legged A that's leaning a little bit. It looks like an F, <laughs> but that's really, you'll be fine, right? That would be a lie. That's not real. So for her to face that, this is what I coach and this is what I teach people to do. You start out with a very simple lead-in sentence. It sounds like this. It's true. I do feel like a failure. And... When I think about me failing my class, not getting good grades, it leads me to a place where I feel like, how am I going to get into college? How am I going to be successful? How am I going to make money? And then I think, who's going to want me to be around? My parents are going to be disappointed. And I have them walk down the pathway of their fear, shame, insecurities, but I have them speak it out loud to me. Now, here's what's taking place at this particular time. And I'm going to give you a little visual. This is the visual I have everybody use to help them with this process. What's happening at that particular time is here's the, the normal course of action that most people take when they make a mistake or something is making them feel like they're less than, not good enough, and all the horrible things that come with an error, mistake, or something that's undesirable about that person. They quickly will usually do one or two things, either A, the person faces it and says, yep, I'm a piece of crap. I'm stupid. I'll never get into college. I'll probably be, you know, having 10 kids living on welfare. And like, I've heard just people just spew hurtful, painful, horrible, pessimistic things about their future based upon one mistake that happened today. And they go off on that. And it started out as facing it, but it kept going and kept going. And then, you know what? They're bathing in it. Mm -hmm. They're sulking in it. They're marinating it. And they never get out of facing it. And the facing it turns to be very detrimental to their self-worth and their ability to do anything about it. So it, it goes away from just owning it into like a complete loss of hope. Oh, yeah. It, they, they ride that roller coaster and they don't get off. Mm -hmm. Okay. So getting on the roller coaster, meaning take, entertaining those thoughts and acknowledging that that's how you feel, good. Staying on it all day long till you get sick. Not good. Okay? okay. So the other normal thing, or the other typical thing that happens, and you can see the personality types. The person's like, I'll never be good enough. And they're just self-deprecating. They're just crapping up. And then when I was 10, I did this. You're like, what does that have to do with your mistakes today? But that's where people go sometimes. Yeah. The other personality type, you'll find this happens. And maybe you might be able to identify with the first one, or maybe identify more with the second one. Here's the second one. Yeah, I made a mistake. 
and you know, people still love me. I still have lots of followers on social media and I have a lot of things going for me and you know, people are just hating on me. They're just jealous because I have all these other things in my life and yeah, I made a mistake and yeah, it makes me feel crap and I'm horrible, but I'm not going to deal with it right now because there's too much going for me in my life and they just, they run as if they touch it and they run away from it and they dismiss it and they don't acknowledge the truthfulness of the actual feelings. Mm -hmm. So in layman's terms, our brain doesn't buy BS, okay? Try telling your brain that you're really confident, people love you, and you're put on this earth to change the world when you actually don't believe it. I'm very, I'm very happy when people want to do positive affirmations, but it's weird how this has been like a circular thing now. In the 80s, uh, Saturday Night Live used to make fun of positive affirmations, like, People like you. You're amazing. Gosh darn it. People love you. And you're like in the right, mirror. Like right. Stuart Smalley was the old uh, act. If you guys ever seen that. We made fun of it for a long time. Now it's had a new revolution of like positive affirmations. Positive affirmations have never been bad. Narcissistic affirmations are very bad. <laughs> Narcissistic affirmations are a cover up of the insecurities. They're not facing it. They touch it and then they just go. So you don't really sit with it long enough. You're not facing that you're struggling. You're saying, yeah, I'm struggling. However, I will be fine. And you give a long dissertation in a court of law of why you're successful, why you're happy. And even though you're crying yourself to sleep and you're you know, self-medicating with food, pornography, drugs, whatever it is, you're going to be okay. But even though you don't buy it. So those are the two things, sulking in it and dismissing it and having a false sense of security and acting like you're okay when you're not. By the way, if you do both of those long enough, you form a habit and that becomes your go-to. I haven't found a lot of people have much success with self-progress, vulnerability, when they live in those two places. It's more kind of in the middle. And so this is what face, place, face, replace, and take action does. So when you face it, imagine yourself, you're at the top of a staircase. Now this staircase is a spiral staircase and it goes down. So you're on the main floor and this goes all the way down like into this deep, dark basement. Well, while you're about to walk down the staircase, you have backpack, luggage, baggage. You have all these bags, heavy weights, and you have to walk down this staircase. You're trudging all this weight down the staircase. But as you walk down it with every statement like, it's true. It does hurt me that I, that I failed because now I feel like I'm a failure. As soon as you make that statement, imagine yourself, you drop one bag and you keep on going down the spiral staircase. Then you say, yeah. And when I feel that way, it makes me not want to get out of bed. It makes me want to get up on school and all my dreams that I had planned for my life. I don't even want to try it because if this one small failure hurts bad, I cannot take a lifelong of failure. <sighs> then you drop off another bag. So what I do with people is I, I show them and then I have them do this themselves where they're walking down this imaginary staircase and every statement to identify their feelings and their thoughts is like dropping off a bag of weight. I don't know why this happens, but it happens every single time. By the time someone is done with the major core, the first initial wave of horrible victimizing intrusive thoughts you can't have a hundred horrible intrusive thoughts at once. You usually have five. And then as you think of those five, it leads to five more. So you just got to just chop the heads off the first five, what I call victimizing <laughs> thoughts that come off your head. And you know how you chop your chop the complete anxiety and depression and sadness that comes with them? You speak to it. Hmm. You actually state it. Not to hide it. 
not to embellish it and to marinate in it and not to run from it. Speak it out loud. Speak truth to it. So then you state it. By the time you get down to the bottom, this always happens. Someone will just kind of stop and they have to stop and think about more. And I go, no, no, you're, you're good right there. I go, cleaned it all out? They're like, yeah. Then they always do this, but I tell them to do this. They go, for some reason, it was like they held their breath the whole entire way down. When they got down to the bottom, they have no more bags. They take a deep breath. I'm like, the deep breath is the reset button. As hmm. soon as they take a deep breath, I say, now stay there for a second. Don't be in a hurry. By the way, the personality types who are in a really big hurry to get to the solution, the A type personalities, the red type personalities are like, no, but I'm ready to go back up the staircase. I'm like, take it easy. Take it easy. Okay? <laughs> Don't be in a hurry to celestialize yourself and, you know, become an angel and like, I figured it all out and don't start posting about your new transformation before you finish it. Okay. <laughs> so then uh, hopefully you, you listeners are okay with my sense of humor. I am very sensitive about these things. I don't mean to be that sarcastic, but that's just how I talk. Okay. <clears throat> Do work with teenagers a lot. <laughs> so, well, I can tell I'm, I'm like totally relating. To and the so thing. then I go, okay, you ready to walk back up the stairs? They go, yeah. I said, but you don't have any luggage this time. So you're walking up without any luggage. So when I tell someone to face it, I always, it's a leading sentence. So I tell them, start out with this. It's true. When I think or feel this, then I, and just fill in the blank. That kind of gets the thoughts going and coming out the mouth. Because a lot of times people are like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Just say, it's true. I, and the rest will come. It always works. Then when they're at the bottom, they've got rid of all the bags <laughs> that they're carrying. Then they take a deep breath. And then they can start with a couple different ones. I usually like this one. Deep breath, then goes, however, well, I'm going to go back to the same make-believe scenario with this girl that failed tests, and she started to predict that her life was going to be ruined because she failed a math test. She goes, however, the truth of the matter, or however the reality of it is, I've passed a lot of tests. In fact, I've passed more tests than I've failed. The reality of it is, is I don't like it when I'm not good at something. And when I'm not good at something, it pisses me off. It, it angers me. And sometimes it motivates me to work harder. And sometimes I just want to throw in the towel and give up. The reality of it is, is if I want to go to college and if I want to become a creative writing uh, professor someday, it's stupid that I have to pass a math class. And I may need help passing this math class. Me not passing math is not an ex a representation of my future failure. It's a representation of my reality that I'm not good at math. And the sooner I face I'm not good at math, the more likely I am to get help with said math and the more likely I am to not feel so bad about it because I'd take a C over an F any day right now. Huh. Then all of a sudden at that moment, they went from I'm horrible, I'm despicable, I have no options. They faced the reality that it hurts. Then they talked about when it hurts, what place it takes them to, and then how that creates problems in their other relationships. They get irritable, frustrated with people that got in a fight with their mom or whatever it may be. And then once they get all through that, then they have space in their brain because they've cleared it out to now put in other possibilities. This is where curiosity comes in. This is where that being present with saying things like and, or, however, maybe I haven't figured it out yet. One of my favorite replacing, so facing is always starting out with, it's true, I, dot, 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 
And feet and replacing always starts out with, however, the reality of it is, this is one of my favorites because I like to talk in like weird, like things that don't make sense. I remember one time for me, I was having a struggle with an insecurity. And I'm not going to share this insecurity with you guys because if I shared the insecurity guys, you guys would have more information on me than I feel comfortable with. <laughs> so as I talk, I'll probably share it, but just listen closely. <laughs> I was having, and I was, I, this is when I had to use my own tool, right? My insecurity was with my relationship with my wife. My wife is the alpha. <laughs> I would be smart to listen to what she tells me to do because even when she's completely wrong, somehow it ends up later on she's right. It's weird how this works out. <laughs> she says, I don't trust this person. Back in the days when I was trying to figure out things, I don't think you should work with this person. Oh, no, they're good. They're good. They're fine. She saw that I was hoping if I hitched my wagon to this person that I would become popular or I'd people take me serious because I knew them and it always turned out the person was shady, they're a crook, and I'm like, dang it, she was right. And then I have to go back to her and listen to her and tell me, I told you so. So in this particular time in our relationship, she was having a lot of success in things and I was just starting out this career and I wasn't feeling I could be successful in this. I was just joking. I'm telling you my insecurity. Here he goes. So that, that was the insecurity. So what I did was I go, I need to face this and replace this. So I looked at myself, I'm like, okay. It's true. Whenever my wife brings up my failures, my mistakes, my faults, or just acknowledges that I'm not really where I thought I'd be right now in my life, it makes me feel all these things. And then when I feel all these things, then I get mad at her. And then all of a sudden, it awakens all my mommy issues. And now I can say, well, it's because I got mommy issues. So I like to use the past to <laughs> deal with, so I don't have to take accountability for it. But in this particular case, I said, it's true. I do feel all this way when my wife says this and that and the other. And then I said, however, the only thing I know for sure is that I don't even know what it's like to be confident in my own relationship with my wife because I'm too busy trying to figure out how I can make myself look good instead of just doing better things. So my simple basic one that I use is simply, and this is the bare nuts and bolts of it, is the only thing I don't know is that I just haven't figured that part out yet. The only thing I don't know is that I'm new at this. I need more experience at this. Or, I mean, the only thing I know is that I need more experience at this. That's what I meant to say, that I haven't figured this out yet. So sometimes my best replace is stating that I don't know what I need to replace yet, but at least I'm trying to replace it at the moment. Because sometimes we're trying like, why does this make sense? Now the one is, the only thing I know is this doesn't make sense. Okay, moving on. Now you just keep on going. Just acknowledging that something doesn't make sense to you or you haven't had that success yet. These simple types of things, for some reason, it like opens up a whole new door and pathway and now you can explore options. Well, and that is interesting because, sorry, I, I'm just kind of processing like here we, I think about like our episode about the and, our episode about um, the yet. Like all these things that we talk about I can see how those come in to this replace category. And, you know, as we're sitting here, I'm like, just so you know, I'm like clunking down the, stair the stairwell. <laughs> Dropping so can I get a bell cap here? <laughs> can I get some help? Right, right. So, so I'm, I'm feeling that. Well, th this is kind of all the and and all these things. And I, I sincerely, I did not know so mindfulness had been using like the word and for a little while. The way they talk about it is just different. I got to talk about it to teenagers. So I just got to be more like just straight like, 
like the shortcut version of it. Right. I just think people kind of respond to the shorter version because we, if I'm a therapist and I talk about therapy words too much, it's not normal language and it doesn't, it doesn't fall easy on the ears. But the and, the not, the yet, and all this stuff, this all came after I learned the face and replace. So this brainchild, this information led me down a path. I had to find of what better ways to face and replace the scenarios for myself, for my clients, and then words that started to come up more often that allowed people to help them do that process, to switch and pivot from I'm horrible to that was a horrible thing, were always things like or, and, however, not yet. Those types of things came out of that you know, me exploring that. And I'm even thinking like the, the episode that you did with when I wasn't here about curiosity, like I could see where, you know, I'm like giving yourself the, the space to be curious about how, how something might turn out rather than trying to condemn yourself to failure. Like that. that Being curious about what life would be like not having depression, even though you only knew life with depression. Right. So when someone's facing hurtful, painful thoughts and feelings, curiosity is nowhere to be found. Why would you be curious about something that's a known? If you're a known failure, curiosity is destroyed. The more and more I talk about curiosity, the more and more I think about it in my own mind, I think it's at some core fundamental things that I've always been doing. And I think it's because it's at the core fundamental of human behavior. Right. Academics are curious about information. Mothers are curious about survival for their kids. People find things because they're curious and then they look for something and then they find something. So it, it's it's the starting point. I think it's one of the, it's obviously a natural human trait to be curious, but I always thought of curiosity as a potential dangerous thing, which is why when we did that podcast, I said, curiosity can kill the cat, but yeah. it also motivates the cat too. It's, it's no different for teenagers, adults. We're curious beings, but when we don't have curiosity present in our day-to-day life, that means we're not living in that day. We're living in the reassurance that our life is already set. We're damned if we do. We're damned if we don't. And our emotions and some bad mistakes can actually validate that. But it's not the big picture. Super dead end. It's super dead end. And it's very, it's limited. And life, if we know anything, there's lots of things that can happen. Our minds can't possibly predict every outcome. 10 years ago, I didn't see Snapchat coming. Emojis. <laughs> Dang like, it. I, I, didn't, I know. It's like, yeah. Like I, you got to capitalize. Capitalize on that, right? So getting back to the face and replace. Facing is acknowledging simply your feelings and your thoughts and giving them an actual life. They're a real thing. And then replacing it is acknowledging that those real things may not be realistic in your future progression. And it may just be a moment. It may need to be acknowledged, touched upon, addressed, but it is not the solution. It is the problem. There's not a solution there. It's just identifying the problem. So now the replacing part, as soon as we replace it and we say, okay, here's what I know. Every time I watch someone do this, they tell me like, wow, I felt a total shift in my emotions. I I can see there's something different here. So then I said, okay, now the take action part. It's easy to get confused about the take action part because it's so simple. If this girl using this scenario said, my fear is that I'm a failure because of this, and she went down that, she faced it, she replaced it with, however, I've passed more tests than I failed. I suck at math. The sooner I acknowledge that, the more likely I am to get help, right? She did in this make-believe scenario. She did these things. And then now the third step is to take action. She would have to ask her parents to get her a tutor. If they can get her a tutor, she's going to have to go to YouTube. 
The interesting thing about the take take action is in the very beginning, I was saying people are more inclined. I I think people naturally, instinctively go to a reaction, either embellishing the hurt and pain or dismissing it. But once they get the step one, the step two down, this is where people falter on the next part of it. They feel good because they acknowledged where they're at. They feel good because they relief the, the emotional turmoil and weight of carrying all these things. They look at me like, oh, wow, that's great. I go, now what are you going to do about it? So now they would actually have to quickly take action when they've caught a wave. They're riding a wave. They're on momentum street. They're no longer thinking, I'm damned if I do or damned if I don't. It's like, maybe I'm damned now, but if I do some things different, maybe I'll be blessed because of it. Now they're curious. You, when you have curiosity, you better go. Just hit the gas pedal and go and figure it out. Granted, in safe ways. No. <laughs> I mean, that's just a metaphor. I'm not saying just take off and speed. I mean, with whatever you have at that moment, start to explore that curiosity. In this situation, if that was a real girl I was talking to, I'd say, okay, now you feel good. What are we going to do about it? She goes, well, you know, I mean, no, no. What are you actually going to do from now until the next time we talk? I could tell my parents that I need help. Okay, cool. Do you think your parents would give you help you find a tutor? Yeah, my parents have been trying to get that. I just... If I had a tutor, then that makes me feel stupid because I have to admit that I need help. I go, okay, you pass that now? Yeah, I'm past that now. Okay, good. You need help. Let's just get it. Once you get the help, and this happens lots of times in different scenarios, once someone gets the help, there's no lot, they're no longer ashamed that they needed help, aka like you've talked about counseling. Therapy is only shameful. Counseling is only shameful if we don't talk about it. Once we experience it and we talk about it, eh, it's just another thing that you yeah, go on my therapy session today. It's just it's just a thing, right? Going to see my personal trainer, going to right, my therapy session, right. going to the dentist, going to like, it's just checking a box. So the action part is really the finishing touch. In video game terminology, it's the finishing move. <laughs> that's the thing that's going to seal the deal. Because if you can take action to whatever it is you just faced and replaced, now you went one, two, three, and you're actually doing steps that equal long-term success. But you got to do the one, two, three in rhythm, you got to practice this quite often. So that this is this is interesting to me because I I recently had a conversation with somebody that was like you know talking about therapy like you know you just go and you talk it all out and you feel better and then you go back into your life and and this many days or this many weeks or months pass by and then you got to go back and you got to just have another dump right and and then you feel better. And then you can go on with your life. Here, this is different. This isn't just like therapy is catharsis or just shining the light on the shame. This is really asking yourself, I, I want to change and, and doing something about it. Because... You know, a lot of times, and and I think with psychological health and and physical health, there's kind of that like, okay, when you go to a doctor and you have a broken collarbone or you have pink eye or whatever we talk about, the doctor can look at it, can say, you know, here's your symptoms, here's what it is, and here's how you're going to take action. Take this pill or take this cream or whatever, and then you're done with that doctor. You don't have to come back to the doctor because it, you took care of it, right? You took action. Sometimes when we get into these, you talk about it, a habit. 
that is so true that that's always your go-to to make to, to just make yourself f feel like crap acknowledging living basking in in that well it's a known people don't like the unknown right and if you know how to feel like crap well then just go back there because at least it's at least it's something you're familiar with. For and sure. And if you, if you know how to just totally shake off hurt and pain and act like it never happened and it's all good, you're going to be better off because of it. It's just a learning example. Then you're going to go to that even though it's totally dismissing the fact that you're a human being that just experienced a hard situation. So I, I can, like, it's kind of all coming together for me. Like this taking action is like that pill. It's the, it's that change you know, and, and obviously with these, ha with habits and with life, like every single layer, you got to relearn, <laughs> you got to relearn every time something else goes wrong or some other new challenge, you got to, you got to relearn. Um, but applying this, yeah, this is, this is good. Yeah, shameful, or as I like to refer to it often, quite often as victimizing thoughts that somehow slip through our our emotional metal detectors that get through the gates, <laughs> they bring weapons. Somehow right. we got all these things inside of our mind and they're torturing us, they're beating us up. I, I just found, I've tried lots of things throughout the years and I'm thankful for Dr. Christensen for sharing this one with me. And oddly enough, how I came across this with him when he was mentoring me, he was working with um, a nonprofit organization that was doing online pornography recovery and addiction. And so this was one of the tools that they'd used and he taught it to me. And when I was doing their, their course that they were giving, cause I was suggesting this course for some of my clients. So I wanted to like see if it was good. It came up and I just really liked how one, two, three, it's linear. It's you face this, you replace it, you take action. You see face that it, it, you replace it, you better. take action. We need like a better rhyming. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, because it wasn't mine, I didn't feel, cause you know, if it was mine, it would have been like, you know, like Nike's vans run or skate or something like that. I've been, I would have thought of something like that, but face, replace, take action. Um, it, it made sense to me because when I'm counseling people, things are so hodgepodge inside their mind. There's so many victimizing, shameful thoughts. They can't even categorize them. They're all messed up. It's, it looks like a hoarder's house. It's like, where's the cats? Right. Well, they're everywhere. Right. In this, what it does, it goes, yeah, the first one's real. The second one's realistic. The yeah. third one is necessary. You just got to take action. We and these can be small action. I could, I could imagine like yeah. a, just even small steps. Um, even, you know, for me, we talk a lot about what my shame is and what my issues are kind of surrounding my health and taking care of myself. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's hard for me to be like, okay, I'm going to come home and I'm going to eat perfectly and I'm going to da 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 But for me, even just taking action like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to eat this and not this, or I'm going to eat half of this. And, you know, these small actions give you the strength to where then you start feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm getting some, I'm making some progress. I'm showing some history of being able to make better choices. And then those things add up. Yeah. Silver, the silver bullet mentality is, is what I like to refer to is this how I think about it is it would be really convenient for us to have one specific go and then it's all like we just do this thing and it's gone. Just a silver bullet. If I say this to myself, and I think that's what's appealing about this the self-affirmations. Like I said, I'm concerned about the narcissistic ones like the world needs me. I'm a leader. 
I'm a believer. I'm a healer. I get that those are great self-affirmations. That's just one piece though. Like they're just stating the replace part. There is a step-by-step process. And if you're a therapist counselor listening out this and you're like, oh, I do something very similar in this type of way. Good, because it's just the same fundamental thing. This isn't the only way to do it. This is just the, I'm just sharing the way I do it and what's worked for my people. Do it your own way. But there has to be acknowledging, accepting, replacing, and moving on. Or else you get stuck in the mud. You start over-processing. You start, like I said, one ride on the roller coaster, good. Two rides, three rides, pretty good. 24 hours, get me off this freaking ride in my head. Like this is, it's driving you crazy. Yeah. Because you don't go replace, or you don't go face, replace, and take action. You go, re- you go face. Oh crap, never got out of face, stuck there. Or I was going to replace, I was going to face it, but I just jumped to, I'm fine, it's okay. And I go quickly to replace and take action. Well, our brains don't buy BS, like I said. So we can't just simply say I'm fine. But then again, our brains don't want us to sit there and sulk and be like, I can never make it through this. Because whatever you're complaining about, you've been through harder things. You're just not thinking about them at the moment. Because everything seems worse right now. Everything seems worse right now. It's 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 the one thing on, on your radar at the moment. You know, I could see as a mom, like as I'm listening to this as a mom, and connecting with it as my as myself, I can see how you have to like. I don't know how I would take my kid to you know to explain all that. Um, I think that this would be a great episode to listen to with your teenager, to learn it together, to experience it. You know, parents and teenagers, we both have stuff that we have to deal with. Maybe if if. Well, especially if your teenager's coming to you with anxiety problems and it's giving you anxiety that they're having anxiety problems. We talked to, in one of our earlier DMs, make them the master of their own problem. Like, let them master it. You can be a support person. You guide them through it. Say, you know, that's really good. Um, I heard about this one way of doing it and just give it to them. Say, if you want to press play, I suggest you press play and listen to yourself. Mic drop, walk away. Give them the opportunity, if it's this podcast or something along this line, help them have their own experience with it. Because it would be hard for for you to just say, face, replace, and take action just by you hearing it right now. If you go home and do it, it'd be very easy. Because one thing, I don't know, I can't remember if you mentioned this girl that you're referring to, she was teaching this to her friends and they were having light bulb moments. So apparently if a teenager can teach it to another teenager... There's hacks. There's right. shortcuts. Right. The shortcut is like those notes that, that she'd sent you. Those are the shortcuts. It simply said, face, it's true. I do feel dot, dot, dot. Replace. However, the reality of it is dot, dot, dot. Take action. Do whatever you just said <laughs> that you were going to do. <laughs> right. right. And just do it. And just do it. At least chip away at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with me and um i know that she's going to be i don't know i i totally was it was really cool for her to pay me a compliment i'm an adult she pays me this compliment um i thought gosh if there's if there's a young person that is helping and supporting her peers through something that she struggled with i know that this is a healing thing for me to, to think that there's any mom or dad or any individual out there that 
I can help, it, it makes me feel better. And so um, I want her to know, and, and she'll know who she is, um, how thankful I am for her. Um, and I'm thankful to know that there's a, there's a, a person out there that's just seeing that struggle in someone else and being willing to, to help out and, and to help out what, share what helped her. Like, that's what we have to do. As we learn things that work for us, good chance they're going to work for someone else. And if it comes from a peer, if it comes from a place of empathy, it is going to have so much more power than if it comes from a teacher or a YouTube channel or even a podcast. Like there is power in that empathy and in that love that comes from, you know, I feel you. And this is what worked for me. So as you guys are listening and as you're experiencing these things and as you connect with this, don't be afraid to, to share what you learn. Talk about it. Open up. Be vulnerable. Because likely there's, you're surrounded by people who are struggling with the same stuff. And, and that's what that's what's, gives us the connection, right? Which is what we're always talking about. Yep. Coming on back. And, and I just realized while you're talking, the name that they called this uh, was Face Replace Connect. Mm. Um, I just said face replace, take action because connect didn't say take action in it. And it's, that's what the step is. You and that's huge. It's important. So I just remember yeah. that I changed what they said. They called it FRC face replace connect, but connect and speak to the people I was talking to. I go take action. They go, Oh, okay. That made more sense. So yeah, yeah. just want to give credit because it's not my information. I don't want to make it sound like I'm right. stealing it or trying to, you know, tweak it a little bit and putting. David Kozlowski on it, you know, <laughs> trademarking someone else's information. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. And um, I hope that I'm, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this some serious thought. Yeah. I can see where this is going to help me. So uh, once Look again, about it. once again, it's the Heidi Swap um, therapy. <laughs> not, I'm not allowed to say that because this is not therapy. You, as you can, as you free, know now from our, from our just Free coaching. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being here. And as always, you guys. Where can they find us? They can find us at Light the Fight, especially on Instagram. Because you guys, we got to get to 10,000 followers so that we can swipe up. So Is that the deal? Is that how it yeah, works? Yeah. You got to get to 10,000 followers so that Where we, we are can right swipe now? up. We're like almost halfway there. Oh, okay. We're so almost 5,000. Go follow us. And, um, you know comment to us because we love it um and that's a place where you can get kind of little notes and updates from us for example and i'll throw this out here really quickly on october 11th we're going to be in morgan at morgan high you're going to find that information on our instagram um we're doing a first responder not a first overreactor event at morgan high school so check free that event? out that's free it's right free here 99 free, well you know, Actually, we'll just be checking your shame and insecurities at the door. So that's the price of admission. You have to acknowledge one thing that right. you're insecure about. It's going to be good. Just kidding, by the way. You it's going to be good. Um, or a can of soup. And then the, <laughs> yeah, just, the other event that we have coming up that you will also find more information about on our Instagram is our parenting workshop. This is, um, we like to call it parenting 20.18, which I guess we're going to have to change, change it that pretty in soon. a couple months. Um, this workshop specifically deals with how to improve 
and optimize your influence as a parent. And this is going to be our round two. We so. know we got to get some testimonials from the first one because I had plenty of people like, let me know, I'll write some testimonials, but we should get some of those and post some of yeah. those on. Online. Yeah. It, yeah. It was a powerful event. And so I'm excited to do that again and not be as stressed out as I was last time. Yeah. When we were done with that event, I'm like, this does make sense. <laughs> right. I've, ne- I, I've never sat down. Real. Even I was like, I just talked 12 hours in a row in step by step. Like, I wasn't as squirreled as I normally am because I'm like, I need to give this some step one, step two, step three. Yeah, it was, was like, awesome. It actually, I never put all this stuff in one presentation. It's always bits and pieces. So that was cool. Well, we already have a lot of people signed up. I think close to half of what we're allowing it. We keep it pretty small and intimate. Yeah, we can't have too many people there. So this, chances are it may sell out like it did last time. So um, if you guys are interested in check that out. And um, I'm going to do a, a soft announcement about this. Um, we're looking at October 25th and we'll give more details. We got the actual location, stuff like that, but we're going to be doing something called, but why don't you say it? Cause I feel weird it's, saying it for myself. It's and, called dinner with David. Yes. And he, here's what happens. I'm going to make you guys my favorite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot, um, a lot of people that, that reach out to us, um, wanting to meet with David and, um, and I'll just say this right out because maybe um, David is not taking new clients and that's hard <laughs> because I know that everybody, that, that there's a lot of people looking for support and resources. So we've devised this plan where um, parents will be able to come, spend a couple hours with David and ask questions. Just me a big Q&A, just one big yep. Q&A. But we're going to have, you know, uh, looking at a location here locally where um, you know, the, just a simple dinner, really good restaurant, simple dinner will be included and it'll be at, at a very, you know, affordable price. And then after that Q and a, you know, you can, you know, give you some more insight to some of the things we talked about the podcast and may lead you to want to get more information from the workshop or just maybe a good chance. Like, Hey, I can't even get, get in to see David, my therapist, or I don't know where to start from. Sometimes we just need some sort of boost. So if you, if you feel like you, this would be worth your time. We'll put it out there on social media by the end of this week um, about the date and the time. And it, like Heidi said, it just gives you a chance to ask, ask questions. Maybe it leads you to a place where you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm okay. We're going the right path. Maybe it leads you to thinking, man, maybe we need to do more to help our kids or our family. And it could spark you in a different direction. So Because the reality is our mission here is to give you as parents and leaders and coaches and, and administrators and teachers actual tools that you can be the resource for the kids that need support in your lives. You're the CEO, CFO, COO of your family business. We're just adding, you know, whatever you've learned in your life that's good, whatever information you've had from books and therapy and podcasts or just life in general that's good, keep that. Don't change that. We just want to add a little bit. We're like an outside business consultant for your family business. That's all. (laughs) And not even consult. We're just kind of, Hey, try this, see if that works. And if it doesn't work, it was Heidi's idea, not mine. (laughs) So as a disclaimer said, I'm not acting as a professional in this environment. That's right. So we are looking for ways that we can be more of a resource to you guys. Um, I know that we get a lot of people who are like, well, but what if we're not local? And so hopefully as we learn and grow and try new things, we're going to find ways to support you. Um, more virtually, but you guys, we're learning and we got to start somewhere. So we're excited about some of these things. So make sure the bottom line is make sure you're following us on Instagram. 
Um, you can also find us on Facebook. And this is kind of how we leak out this information, um, keeping in mind that that uh, we're taking this one step at a time, right? Right? And it's pretty cool. Yes, ma'am. And also remember, if your eyes are hurting because you got some crappy contacts, call one contacts. Do <laughs> yourself you a, do yourself a favor. Do yourself. You deserve it. That's right. That's right. So awesome. We love our friends over there, and um, we thank them. So reach out to us. You can send us DMs and um, direct messages. Is what that stands for. Direct messages and um, keep emails. listening. Keep listening and uh, keep help helping us to to light the fight.